Abby, and this is We Have Notes, a podcast for the pop culture obsessed and the people who love them. So apparently it's June. I mean, it is June. It's not, but I mean, how it became June, unclear to me. Did like the month of May, it just, it was like not even a full month. I, I don't understand it. Time has really fucked with my head this year, but it is June, which I officially consider summer, even though I know it's not technically summer. But um, it's exciting. And the best news that I can imagine getting this week is um, that, first of all, Seven Days in June by Tia Williams, the novel, is officially out as of this week, as of June 1st. And it is Reese Witherspoon's pick for her book club for the month of June, which is such a fucking big deal. I... When I tell you I screamed, I am not exaggerating. I screamed in my apartment. Tia kept this a secret from everyone, so we did not know. And it is just like, it is so thrilling and so well-deserved and so exciting. And it is a, it is such a big deal. Like Reese's impact on book sales and just awareness of a book and people getting there, just knowing about a book and then buying it, like her book club fan base is really, really engaged readers. So it just makes me so excited that this many more people are going to be exposed to Tia and her work. And it's it's so thrilling um, to see your friends have their amazing work recognized in that way, in a way that will have a total impact on on like the bottom line too of the sales of the book. And that is important. The book is brilliant. Whether anybody ever read it or not, it's brilliant because her work is brilliant. But oh, it's so cool. I'm so excited. I I like, well, Tia has to come back anyway, but I want to hear about how this all, this experience for her and it's just so thrilling. So if you're newer to the podcast, Tia was actually my first guest Um, And you can go back and listen to it. And we do talk about the book. And it is just, it is so good. And I cannot wait for you all to read it. And I hope you'll tell me what you think about it and tag us and Tia and and follow Reese and her book club. And there's an app that you can um, just for the book club and all that good stuff. So anyway, that's like got me on cloud nine. Um, also I caught up on a bunch of stuff this weekend, so I thought I'd run through a few things for the watch list, some notes for you guys. Um, I'm sure most of you, I don't know, have probably watched the Friends reunion that, that came on last week, but before I had, uh, after I had recorded, sorry. And I talked about it a little bit in the newsletter. I thought it was lovely and comforting and not groundbreaking and it didn't need to be. It doesn't need to be. Not everything needs to be groundbreaking. Um, I think that it was lovely to see all those people together again. I think that their true affection for each other is palpable and very nice to see. I think that Friends has obviously been a comfort to so many people over the years. And that doesn't mean that we can't investigate ways in which it was problematic because there are many. And that also doesn't mean that those that investigating those things can take away from the joy that it has brought people over the years. I think both things can be true and should be true. I think one of the most emotional parts for me, like I loved seeing them redo the trivia game. The trivia game's like my favorite fucking episode. Um, you know, what's, what's Rachel's favorite movie, you know, like dangerous liaisons weekend at Bernie's like, it's so good. But, um, that the section where they had people, talking about what the show meant to them and for some people it was like I didn't have friends and these people were my friends and some people it helped them learn another language and it's um it's so global and omnipresent uh that it is like uniting in this way even though it's like incredibly white and like not diverse and that's one of the problems that we should talk about but anyway I just thought it was really it was really lovely it was a little hard for like Seeing Matthew Perry makes me a little sad, but seeing how much they love him makes me happy. Um, And if it brought comfort to people to see them all together after a really tough year, I think that's awesome. And that's why even if I don't love something, I'll talk about why I don't like it and I'll be strong in my opinion of not liking something. But 
I try really hard not to yuck people's yum because, you know, who am I to say what what brings you as long as it's something not something horribly um, evil or problematic or really race outwardly racist like um, or any other kind of like bigoted point of view. I think. Yeah, find what makes you happy. Like we're going to talk about one of those things today that has been there in my life since 2005, and that's Grey's Anatomy. And for some people, they think that's ridiculous. And for me, it is like a stalwart and a place of comfort and a group of people that I love spending time with. So I think that's kind of how I felt about the Friends finale. And then, I mean, you guys, please catch up on Mare of Easttown if you did not watch the finale. I felt very validated in the fact that I still have like cable cable because the HBO Max app, app like crashed because everybody loves Mayor so much, which like good for the show and good for everybody involved with the show. I have to know a couple people who are producers on the show and like what a great job everyone did. It was just brilliant. I, I will not spoil anything, but I was very satisfied, devastated and satisfied by the finale. But like I wanted to be devastated. You know, it's like one of those things when you lean into the pain. The other thing I watched a bunch of this weekend was the final season of Pose is airing on FX. Um, And Pose is about, it's a Ryan Murphy show. Um, Janet Mock is one of the um, main writers. It's, uh, it starts in like kind of the ballroom scene in New York in uh, like the eighties has moved into the nineties and, you know, centers um, a lot of trans women of color and, and gay men of color and their stories. And it's just, I have fallen in love with all of these characters so much. So seeing how they're starting to wrap up their storylines was really amazing. It was very emotional too. I really, um, I love, love these people. And then also I watched um, the third season of Master of None, which focuses on Lena Waithe's character, Denise, and, and her marriage and kind of the crumbling of a relationship and like the stages of a relationship. Um, it's, it's kind of slow in a, and in a good way and beautiful way. Um, and investigates kind of what happens between her and her wife over the course of time, um, as it plays out. And also, I mean, one of the things that stood out for me, both of the, the, a lot of the performances are really great. Um, but there's also an infertility storyline that I don't think you get to see that often on TV. Um, you know, a black gay woman trying to have a baby on her own and what that character goes through and even the um, insurance hurdles because there's not an insurance code for like a black or not even that she's black, a gay woman wanting to have a baby on her own and trying to get it covered by insurance. And um, it was heartbreaking. And I think uh, anyone who's around my age has either known someone or possibly been through um, some of those struggles yourself, even if you're not exactly in the Alicia character's um, circumstance. I think there's a lot relatable to it. And I think it's one of those things, like the more we tell those stories, the the better we are for it, I think. Um, So yeah, that's kind of what I've been watching. I also, I haven't talked about it on the pod, but if you are not watching The Me You Can't See, which is Oprah and Prince Harry's um, mental health series on Apple TV+, Plus you're really missing out on really important stuff um, that I am just, I think in, and in light of kind of the Naomi Osaka news over the weekend, and I'm, I'm so impressed by her and proud of her for standing up for herself and her mental health. Um, continuing these conversations is so important and having people like Naomi and Oprah and, and Meghan Markle and Prince Harry and Lady Gaga and DeMar DeRozan of the NBA. And then all of the non-boldface names that are in this show who are also so brave to share their stories about their mental health struggles and, and, uh, therapies they've tried or, and all of that. I just, it's fantastic. So anyway, that's what I will put on your watch list. And then today we're going to talk about one of my forms of therapy, which is Grey's Anatomy with my friend, Sarah Jenks Daly, when we come back. My guest this week, Sarah Jenks Daly, is a friend and kindred spirit in very many ways. You know how you can meet someone, and thank you to our mutual friend, Carrie Bialik, for making this connection, and you can just tell that you're into the same shit. 
that's what it was like for me when I met Sarah. And I feel like our Instagram stories interactions confirm this to me pretty much every day. We find a lot of the same things extremely funny and get each other's references like the whole nine. Um, Sarah is amazingly talented. She's a writer and producer who has been at Late Night with Seth Seth Meyers, which is one of my favorite shows, since the show began and is currently a supervising producer. And she also hosts a very cool podcast series called Late Night Lit that the show does focusing on authors and literature. And you might have seen her work pop up in publications from Teen Vogue to Elle to Arc Digest to InStyle. And we also happen to both be in a very long-term relationship with a show that has made us cry and ripped our hearts out and been with us since it debuted in 2005. And that show is Grey's Anatomy. That's right. We've always watched Grey's. We still watch Grey's. 300 plus episodes and 17 seasons and counting because it did just get renewed for an 18th season. We've been with it. We've stayed with it. We're going to keep watching until Shonda and Ellen Pompeo call it. And yes, we have heard, is oh, Grey's is still on? Commentary like a million times. And you bet it is. And Ellen Pompeo is getting fucking paid for it too. So... We're going to dive into that love a little bit today. And yes, if you're not caught up, there there may be spoilers, but I think you can all handle it. So please welcome my friend, Sarah Jenks Daly. Hi. Hi, Abby. Thanks for having me here. I'm so excited that you're here. Thanks for wanting to come on and talk. I, I love that you're one of my Grey's people. There but aren't that many bef- of us left. I know. I know. But before we get into that, how are you? How's everything? I'm good. How's New York? New York is good. It does feel like we're we're coming back a little bit. The midtown streets are busier than they have been in a while, but it's it's still not the same, but we're getting there. That's good. Are you guys like in the office all the time now? Cuz the sh- you're doing the show from the from the studio now. We are. Yes. Seth went back into the studio in September right after Labor Day, and since then it's been no audience but in a very small group of people that have been producing the show from here and then the rest of our staff have been doing it remotely. And I've been in and out because we've had we've had guests come into the studio and definitely more recently. So yeah. it's been nice to be able to come in here. It it's it is so strange going from I a place bet. where you used to talk to over 100 people a day to a very empty 30 Rock, but it's Again, it's just so nice to be here because it's kind of the best place. You guys did I, – I can't believe what you guys have done over the past year with the show. I mean, just like putting the show together and being able to do it and doing it remotely for so long and still keeping it so – like I just love the show so much. And I love Seth and his sense of humor is very in line with mine. But I just love everything about the show. You guys do such an amazing job. Oh, that's so nice. It's a, It's the best place to work. Yeah. It feels like that. I feel like you can tell. And maybe because I see some of your behind the scenes and stuff too on like your stories or just with your coworkers. And it just seems like a very good place. And I feel like that energy like comes out into yes. the world too. Very much looking forward to that coming back with all of the coworkers here. So hopefully in the fall, we'll have that Oh, that's again. so exc- Yeah, that'll be good. That'll be good. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad New York is feeling a little more alive again because it, I mean, not that I doubted it for a second. Like it just, you know, everything had to get kind of a little more settled. Yeah. It's, it's hard to, it was hard to go through because when you saw it from how bad it was, and then it was also this other perception of it from afar of what people were saying it was, was yeah. also not accurate, but it just did feel like we went through it and you sure did. Yeah, but it's it's okay. We're we'll, we'll yeah. get there. Well, I mean, going through it is kind of the theme of this thing that we <laughs> love very much. I mean, no one has been through it more than Meredith Grey. No one. The protagonist of our beloved Grey's Anatomy. I mean, it's it's kind of unfathomable what Meredith has been through. But like, what did you start watching Grey's like from the beginning? I mean, I don't know if people remember. It was a mid-season replacement when it came on in 2005. That's why that first season was kind of short. So did you start watching it then? Like, what's your what's your history with Grey's? I did. You know, I was working at Teen Vogue in 2005 when it started. And my intern was telling me about this new show because she was very dialed into the television world. And right. she had had turned me on to, uh, to Desperate Housewives, which had yeah. come out earlier. And she was like, this is going to be the biggest show of the year. And so obviously I was watching that. And it came on, it premiered after Desperate Housewives, I think in like the spring of 2005. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It was like March, I think. Yeah. Yes. So I watched that. And then 
I don't know how many episodes there were in that first season. Ten, nine, eight. May, was, I mean, was, I think it was like somewhere between seven and ten. I mean, it was not a full. I mean, it was really it was a mid season replacement, and and yeah, and it was before you know, we were streaming shows that had 10 episode seasons like this was that was very short for that yes. period. And it was it was certainly different than it was now. I mean, do you remember the credits? It was like a very um, they had that cozy in the rocket song and then like, like boom, boom, just boom. legs walking around <laughs> yes. um, hospital beds with like high heels on sometimes. And it was like, yes. what is what is this show? But <laughs> they don't even it was like that bouncy. Anymore. The music was like bouncy. You know, it was like, doo, doo, doo. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but I watched the whole first season and then, you know, the the greatest cliffhanger of all time. And I was like, oh, I'm in for season two when Addison shows up and says, oh, you must be the woman who's been screwing my husband. And then they just cut to credits. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll come back for this. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it was it was like it caught on pretty fast. Like people yes. were talking about it. And and then obviously when it came back, then that fall for that second season, because we were all like, what? <laughs> like, because I mean, it, it's Meredith and uh, Ellen Pompeo and and Derek Shepard, Patrick Dempsey, who that was like it was a comeback for Patrick Dempsey, like this person who had been in like teen movies of the eighties and then had various like phases of his career. But this is like put him back like on the map. And I don't know yeah. if the kids, the kids don't understand this. The kids all watch this show on Netflix. Like yeah, my friends have like did middle schoolers and then like high school. They're like, they just binge it nonstop. And I'm like, yeah, you guys, he was like a teen idol. Yeah. Totally, totally geek to totally chic. That's, yeah, that was him. Exactly. exactly. So now he's Ronald like leading Miller. <laughs> Ronald Miller, that riding lawnmower. But I think that was, that was all, that was all I knew of him really then. And I like I don't re really remember him uh, aside from that that was a very much a cultural touchstone for me and then seeing him again in Grey's Anatomy when Meredith sleeps with him on the first episode sorry if you haven't seen it people but that's like what happens the <laughs> yeah. first episode she sleeps with her boss and I was like oh this guy okay yeah and and you're like oh the hair does look good the hair looks good so yeah then we get you know we get into these people's lives and it felt like this class of interns and it was George and, and Izzy and Alex and Christina. We'll have mm -hmm. to get into Christina in a minute, but yeah. And then and there, there was already like, they were using music in a great way and just yeah. like everybody got obsessed and we just could, I remember talking about it at work, like nonstop. And I was, I was hooked from the jump because I love a soap opera. I love a medical show. I love a medical mm -hmm, drama. Mm -hmm. Like I was an ER person yes, of course, all the too. way through. This show has outlasted like everything on the planet. Like, what are your some of your favorite? Do you have like significant moments that because I've also like watched the rerun, they rerun it on Lifetime sometimes because I still have like regular cable and all the other <laughs> streaming platforms. I just add things like other people like cut things. I just like am like, I'm gonna have regular cable with all the pay channels, and then I'm also gonna have every streaming platform. I just cut my cable for the first oh, time. It was you did it, was, it. I talked about it with. My friend Kyle, who, if you've seen my Instagram stories, you've seen him there. I feel like I know. I feel like I'm fake friends with him. I'm like, oh, yeah, Kyle. He'll be so thrilled to be name checked on this. But he was talking about how I need to do this for a while. And I finally did it. And it actually has kind of been the best. But really? How? how it's OK? Like it's, it's totally fine. Yeah. I did YouTube TV, which I okay. recommend because yeah. it does feel like you get all the channels and then everything else you also get. So I've been watching Grey's when I don't have anything to watch. I'll watch an episode on Netflix because it's there too. So what, what are some of the ones, are there ones that you go back to or like significant moments that just like always stand out in your head? I think so. I mean, what you said that, that I, that, that I think rings so true for me is that I was really talking about this so much at work with my friends and coworkers because at that point, you wouldn't have to cut your cable because there was no such thing as that because there were not that many channels. So right. there weren't that many things to watch. And that wasn't that long ago. I mean, I feel like an old person being like, it's too loud in this restaurant. There weren't that many <laughs> channels. But it was 2005. Like, yeah. there, that was almost, you know, 20 years ago. And there wasn't that much else to watch. And I realized during this last year, what I miss so much about work and work culture and being in the office is appointment television. Like I yeah. want to come in and talk to people about the latest episode of Watchmen or Game of Thrones or those big like those really tentpole series that you 
find like a collective conversation about that everybody is watching. And that's what Grey's was for me yeah. like, in the mid 2000s. It was. It was like, it's like the monoculture, right? It's like the, there are, it's fewer and further between now, right? Because there's so many different things and you can watch them at different times, right? Like, but I, there are still those ones like Watchmen and like you said, Game of Thrones. I feel like Mayor of Easttown is having that moment a little bit right now. And the undoing earlier this summer. The undoing. Last year. Yeah. Oh, I get so excited because it's like now you have to kind of do it on or especially this year, you had to just like, just do it on Twitter or whatever. And it's like one of those times sometimes when Twitter isn't, the worst place in the world is like when everyone's <laughs> talking about a show and I love that too. And like at, at, in 2005 and like the first, I would say few seasons of this show, I mean, tens of millions of people were watching it on the night yes. it was on. Like 15 million people were watching yeah. it. That is wild. And that's just unheard of now for many, many reasons. But like, yeah, you went to work and especially when you worked in places like we did, like in media or entertainment, publishing, like everyone was into it and everyone right. you knew was into it, except my, I will say my, my best friend, Alyssa, who was on the show earlier and my sister were like two people who just adamantly refused to watch Grey's Anatomy and still have not watched Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> it's like the only, I'm like, okay, you guys, I get it. Cause I'm a contrarian sometimes, but there is just not their thing. Yeah. But every person I knew was watching it and we were talking about this love triangle and and then they had these like big episodes. Like I always think about the one the the Coach Taylor. I mean, it's call it the Coach Taylor oh, episode. Like the bomb Ch- episode. <laughs> the bomb episode. Yes, yes. Which was on after the Super Bowl. I yes. believe. And it wasn't just Kyle Chandler, it was Christina Ricci. Christina was in that Ricci. One too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like she's the one that made Meredith put her hand in, <laughs> in because she took cabin. her hand out. Right. Right. And it was a And then they she were ran ju- out. <laughs> and then she ran out. She like panicked. And then Meredith I mean, this is the kind of stuff Meredith Grey has been through. She had to keep her hand on a Civil War like reenactment bomb bomb mm-hmm. inside someone's body while Kyle Chandler, handsome, handsome Kyle Chandler, like kind of has to talk her through it. And it was a code black. Wasn't that what they called it? Code black at the hospital? I think so. Yeah. I think so. Um, that was a That great was a long one. time ago. That was season two. So yeah, we're really... That was that was when I think those are the episodes that really that really stand out for me are the earlier ones. Yeah, for sure. Because the show is I still love it so much, but yeah. I I really loved it. Like I would go home and make sure I was home on Thursday yeah. at I think it used to be on at eight p.m. Didn't it? I think or, eight or nine. Always nine. I, mean, I don't know. I, would always I think be home it, for it. Yeah, which is wild because on a Thursday, like back in that time, like yeah, that was seventeen years ago. I was a younger, more social gal. <laughs> but it was like no watching Grey's, and because everyone was talking about it the next day, you had to. Yeah, and I mean, I'm the last person who wants to be not in the conversation. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm not, like I can't function. So there was like, yeah, there was those early seasons were perfect, and I that's the ones I will go back to and rewatch most frequently because then you know it gets uneven for a little while, and then it kind of came back like and got it'll never reach that same glory of those early seasons, but it like found a new place for itself eventually. Yes. Yeah. But like, you know, the, that, like you said, like the cliffhanger with Addison when she shows oh, up. that one. Yeah. That was, that's like one of the, like the, the, their quotes that will never, that I will never forget from the show. <laughs> and that is like in the top three. Oh, you must be the woman who's been screwing my husband. And then it's like credits. Bye. <laughs> see you in September. I was like, <gasps> Shonda Rhimes. Like that woman. So what are your other quotes that you love? Um, Pick me, choose me, love me. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. I say that to my friends. I say it too. Pick me, choose me, love me. And then I also like to be, like to say kind of in that same arc, um, you don't get to call me a whore when you're the one who broke me. When the stairwell, when she's um, sleeping around and they're broken up and she's like, you don't get to call me a whore because he's like, he's basically slut shaming her. And she's like, you did this and I can do whatever I want. Um, Yeah. The the other one for me, which makes me cry every time is the Christina Yang last episode when she says, don't let what he wants eclipse what you need. He's very dreamy, but he is not the son you are. And then they dance it out. And that is just, I'll uh, cry every time I watch it. Well, first of all, I just got teary eyed when you said it. Like, it's the most beautiful friendship. Like I loved, I mean, uh, what you, what you said before about how everyone was watching it. I really loved how 
this the show has done so much for in terms of like diversity uh, in the cast yeah. and in the crew and LGBTQ um, relationships in the forefront. But like the the part also that has been so amazing is that she really put women at the forefront yeah. of this. Like the men are all ancillary characters, and it's really like, of course, the story about Meredith and and Derek. But I, the real love story for me was Meredith and Christina for so long. Same. I wrote a story for Glamour a few years ago that the greatest couple in Grey's forevermore is Christina and Meredith, like the Twisted Sisters. Yes. I pulled this quote from it because I was like looking it up because I was like, what did I say in 2017? (laughs) And I was like, I said, the men in their lives, while loved wholly and deeply, come second and will often get the boot from their own beds if the ladies need each other. And they need each other a lot. I mean, a lot. They've gone through surgical residency, failed weddings, miscarriages, births, almost drownings, the death of parents and countless colleagues and friends and siblings, a hospital shooting, a plane crash, buying the hospital where they work, and so many more crises that can really test a relationship. And they just, they are each other's person. Like, Mm -hmm. Derek is the love of her life, but Christina is her person. And, like, watching him dance it out that last time, like, I, I use dance it out, like to myself like sometimes I just dance it out with myself in my my apartment like even that phrase like dance it out and you're my person those are from that show like those are in the cultural just like ether because of the Grey's Anatomy yeah and I just think like to your point about like Shonda putting like these complicated imperfect sometimes unlikable women at the center of this show and like with Meredith and with Christina, like Christina doesn't waver from, she knows who she is. And she's like, um, one of the people that annoys me the most on Grey's Anatomy forever is (laughs) Owen Hunt. But like, like when, when Owen is trying to like tell Christina, no, no, you do want a baby. Like you want a baby. You should have a baby. And she's like, I don't want to have children. Like I, that is not what I want for my life. And it's okay for other people. It's just not what I want. And she, she doesn't waver and she's like, I'm, I am not having this child and you cannot tell me to be something that I am not. And she is hilarious and a brilliant doctor and all, and a great friend and all these things. But she just like, is this person who knows who she is. I think she's one of the greatest television characters that's ever been created as far as I I'm agree. concerned. I agree. She's my favorite. I mean, I think Meredith, of course, is, yeah. is a favorite to everybody, but it was, it's really her and Miranda Bailey for me that are yeah. the best. Yes, Miranda Bailey. So again, one of the the people who is still a character who is still on the show. We have lost yeah. so many people along who the way. Who is still left? I was talking about this with another friend who still watches it, but it's Meredith and and Weber and Bailey. Is that yeah, it? Yeah, that's it. Because now that Karev is gone, Karev. Uh, you know what? Still... Let's let's talk about that because let's talk about that. It. If I if I could ask like one thing of somebody before I I leave this earth. I need to know what happened because that ending for him, not (laughs) only was it just like not appropriate, it just didn't like he obviously left and didn't give them, didn't give Shonda or Krista or whomever is running the show any notice. And so that they had to then scramble to the point where he leaves like letters for his yeah. best friends and wife. And then they don't even let him, like he won't even contribute enough to read the letters. Like someone right. else is narrating those letters. I hated yeah. that so much. I hated it so much. I need to know what happened because something happened, you know? Something like, had to have happened. Something happened because they would not do, like Karev, like, you know, we're, we've are we watched people, we watched them write Christina off of the show and she went to her dream job. You know, it's like we're right now watching Jackson and these are plan. you know, these are things that were obviously like planned. The writer's room had time to like digest and decide what the arc would be. And with Karet, it was like, what the fuck is happening? Like he's just gone. Like you said, like he doesn't even narrate these letters which first of all the character like the turn of that character like Alex had had one of the really interesting arcs from the beginning where he's like devil spawn Mm -hmm. and (laughs) then to become like a Meredith's best friend (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) um like that was what they called him and then to become like Meredith's 
best friend, her go-to person now that, I mean, Christina, they, they, what I love is that they do reference Christina and like that every once in a while that Meredith has talked to her or whatever. But like Alex was the person on the show who had become her steadfast person. And then he just, and I had finally bought into him and Joe and like their storyline. So he's like married. It took me a while, but I got there. And then it's just like, no, he just left and it moved to somewhere with Izzy and they have children. And it was just, it didn't make any sense. And it is, it is one of the, I need an oral history of yeah, somebody needs to do it. It just felt like a disservice to the show in the way that like, did he not care enough to help them close it for him? Like, how are you just right. so it like, it just makes me feel like there was something else that went on there because wouldn't you as a an individual, I mean, now I'm just totally projecting, but like, wouldn't you oh, yeah. want to be able to have it end in like an, a way where it reflects like you're 17 or 15 or however many years you've been working on this show, this like changed life that really like probably life-changing show for you. That like changed his life. I mean, outside of, I can think of the other thing I know that he was in is the wedding planner, with Jennifer Lopez. He's like the- that be- But that was probably after Grey's, right? It probably was. I guess it probably was. Like he had probably done at least a season or two of Grey's. You're right. I but I mean, regardless, regardless, this like sets you up for life. Like yes. just thinking about from a financial standpoint. Yeah, taking, and it like, took care of you. Yeah. And like made you, I mean, I was like, I mean, anyone would be lucky to have a steady job for 15 years, you know, like that doesn't come around too often in entertainment or otherwise these days. Um, Yeah, that, that, I'll just say it was very confusing. (laughs) It was so confusing. It was so confusing. And like, you know, again, it's like it, the show will never recapture. It's like perfect glory of those early seasons, but it does have like, it does find nice moments. This So have you been watching in like real time this season? Pretty much. Yeah. Like I try to watch it the di- because there are a few people like besides yourself who texted me that it was renewed. That was how I found out the news um, for season 18. I have like two people in my life who still watch it religiously. And one of them is my sister. And I actually quit briefly in like season, I think, when does Denny become a ghost? Five? I think that was rough because that's it was where it hard got, for me. It got rough. It was hard yeah. for me. I, I dipped out for like a couple episodes and then my sister was like, don't do this. Like, you love this. Just come back. It's going to be fine. I was like, okay, fine. So she pulled me back in. It was very, it was a brief timeout. But, and then ever since then, it's been my sister that I've talked to and then our mutual friend, uh, Rakesh, who yes. still watches it. So yes. we try and do like a, we always kind of check in and talk about it like the week that it's on. Usually I try and watch it by like that Sunday. Same here. Like I, sometimes I watch it on Thursday. Sometimes I watch it on Friday. Yeah. It's like sometime between Thursday and Sunday, like Grace gets, gets done. And I love that. Yeah. I I love that Rakesh is still into it too. I mean, we are this like very, and then when you find another person, like if you like reference it and you're like, and they're like, do you still watch Grace? And I'm like, yeah, do you? It's like a little (laughs) secret society. Of like, and then people do, like I mentioned in your intro, but like people are like, what, that's still on? Like they're being fun. And I'm like, yeah, I obviously just told you about a new episode. Like, yeah, it's still on. Okay. It's still on and it still wins every week. It does. And I mean, this season, you know, and again, if you're not watching and you don't want to be spoiled, like I'm telling you right now, there's a spoiler, but like this season has been, I don't know what to do. I mean, obviously they had a lot of from product like any production like your production like any production had a, had to adjust because of covid and regulations and all that and the fact that they were able to give us a season i think is wonderful and thank you to everyone who works on that show um absolutely but like we've been you know mayor has been you know in a coma for a large part of the show which brought us some blasts from the past like came back to visit her as she teetered on between the living and the dead I really did. How think did you feel about because it? Because I really did think because when they were when they were showing all these flashbacks of people that we hadn't seen that like before they had announced the renewal that I was like, is this like yeah. they were they were nebulous enough that I was like, they might just end it here. Like this could be it. 
Yeah, I was I I thought it was I was worried. They were they were wrapping. It felt like they were wrapping things up, and maybe they didn't know. Like maybe the renewal for once was not like guaranteed. I have no idea. But it, it felt like a wind down. Like it was like okay, we're seeing Derek, we're seeing George, we're seeing Lexi, we're seeing Mark. Like, oh my god. <laughs> were there any of those that you were surprised to see? Well, I didn't know because it's like the. The Patrick Dempsey, like I, I heard, I heard about it. Yeah, that one was teased it. so much and yeah. everywhere. You knew that was coming, right? And and like I was very happy to see them. Like I was, it did. I I was really happy to see him and to see them. And like the way Derek looks at Meredith is like very swoony to me still. Um, and he looks great and he's so handsome. Um, but I didn't know that Lexi was coming back. And I mm-hmm. was very happy to see Lexi. Like, I I really loved Lexi. Um, she was, like, quirky and funny. And I love the way that, like, she was our first mystery sister for Meredith. So it was, like, the first <laughs> time we went down that journey. And it felt more, like, real. Um, I don't know. I really, I don't know if I fell in love with Lexi immediately. But I loved her. By the time she died, I was devastated that she was that, that was she a died. rough that was, uh, that was a rough season or like yeah. the, I guess the end of a season into a new one into I was so one, excited yeah. to see to see George yeah I didn't see that one coming and I went back and watched Ugh. like a lot of season five this past year which I think is maybe one of my favorites um and that's the season where he he dies at the end and he's it's just such it's so good that just the whole the whole arc of that season I really loved. I, yeah, I love it. That's such a poignant and pivotal moment. Obviously, it's the when he, if anyone doesn't remember who used to watch the show, like he uh, decides to join the army and and everyone's upset about that. But then he ends up getting hit by a bus, but he's in the hospital and they're treating this patient and it's a John Doe and they don't know who it is. And then he, but he gets hit by the bus because he uh, saves saves someone else's life. Like he steps in front of the bus. Yeah. He like literally stepped in front of a bus for someone. That's George. That's George O'Malley. That's George O'Malley. And then Meredith is like treating this patient. They don't know who it is. And then he, he does the 007 on her hand and she realizes, and that is a scene that, um, I see the, they do. I see a lot of TikTok reaction videos because I do get into Grey's Anatomy TikTok. <laughs> I, I don't just live in Harry Styles and Taylor Swift TikTok. Um, I get a lot of Grey's, and they will people will film someone watching that scene for the first time <laughs> and put it on TikTok, and it's like watching. Uh, people. I have to watch it, that. Yeah, it's it's actually great because you're just like because you remember what it felt like when you when you watched it the first time and you're like and in, and it's Meredith's reaction she's like oh my god George and you're like oh my god George and and it's it's yeah because the, like during that time like there were again like back in the day you didn't you didn't really like have this like spoiler culture yeah and you didn't and they did such a good job in that episode I remember because George resigns to like Weber maybe and he tells him to go home and like tell his mom. Yes. But everybody else thinks he's in a surgery. So you really have no idea that it could even possibly be him yeah. until that last moment that Meredith's like, George. And it, yeah, they, they, I thought that was like a really well crafted episode. Yeah, it was really good. And then, you know, you kind of have this flashback to, to, cause Izzy's sick. Right. Right. Like, right. That's yeah, when that's she, Izzy's, yeah. Um, when she can't remember and they have the post-its all over the, uh, yes. Alex puts the post-its all over her room. Oh, oh, Alex. And then you, you have the call back to her in the prom dress to, yes. in the elevator. Oh, another, another great episode. You know, the Elvad the, wire. Oh, uh, the Elvad wire and Denny Duquette. And as you, I mean, Jeffrey Dean Morgan. I feel like this podcast is really just like words that sometimes people are going to be like, what are they even saying? I'm like, Elvet Wire, Denny, Elevator, Prom. It's like free association of Crazy Anatomy fans. I love it. Mad Lips free association. Yeah. Well, because really you can just say Elvet Wire to someone and if they know, they know. Yeah, Um, that's true. And and chasing cars, and I mean the Snow Patrol. Like they just bring that song back when they're ready to just like devastate me again and again and again. Um, 
and and so Izzy in the prom dress when Denny died, and and I mean that that whole episode too, which I, you know, because I was thinking about Tessa Thompson this week, and oh, um, I can't imagine why. <laughs> and I was like, oh, because I was thinking about her from Veronica Mars, but I'm like, she's Weber's niece that they throw the prom who is for. She in, who is she in Veronica Mars? She like comes in maybe it's season two, and she's like, um, why am I blanking on Veronica's best friend's name? The guy. Wallace? Wallace. She's Wallace. She dates Wallace. Uh, okay. For a little okay. bit. And then she kind of, um, she's like, yeah, she's no, got I multi episodes, but not like a, maybe the full season. Um, but I forgot, I had forgotten that she's Weber's niece. Of course she's Weber's niece who is sick, who has cancer and they have to throw the prom for her, which is the prom. Why Izzy's in the prom dress when Denny dies and is laying in the bed with him. And also Meredith and Derek have that very sexy, they have sex at the prom and that's right. when she and loses then, her underwear. <laughs> yes. And Callie finds it. Yes. yes. Cause she's with, um, which actually brings me to my, one of my favorite guest stars in the show, Chris O'Donnell, because yes. he plays. The love interest for a few episodes, right? He was in yeah. like more than one season. Yeah, he because he I think he crosses over from like the end of one season to the next, maybe. But she's yeah. got they've got Doc, the dog that she right, and Derek because he's a veterinarian. Yes. Yeah, he's a yes. vet, and so then she starts dating him, and like, um, they, um, she starts dating him, and she's like, "I'm dark and twisty. I'm dark and twisty." And she's like, "You're so nice. You're so nice. Like you're too nice for me." And he's like, "I'm fucked up too. Like he has a dead wife. Like he has a whole like thing as well." That was when um, Derek had picked Addison, right? Yeah, so he's with. He was Addison trying to make it work. Point? Yeah. So okay. she's. But then they're like, still have like co. They're like co-parenting this dog, and that's. And then so Derek starts getting jealous, and da da da, and then. They sleep together at the prom. Right. In like a room in the hospital because they have the prom at the hospital. Yeah. And that um, uh, that song, God, I forget the name of the song, but I remember the line where it's like, turn my grief to grace. I mean, this is. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that is a deep cut. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's something to psychoanalyze. <laughs> but yeah, there's been so many. um amazing guest stars on this show. Like we mentioned Kyle Chandler, Christina Ricci, Chris O'Donnell. I love Mandy Moore has that two episode arc that I really enjoy. It's a, I mean, it's a hard, yes. it's a, that's, uh, emotional. A tough, tough it's, episode. it's tough, but it's, she's great because that's the shooting up the shooting episodes. I, and then she comes back for the documentary yes. one, right? Yeah. The Mandy Moore arc. She does come back for that documentary and then we have Scott. We have both of our. We have Ben and Noel show up on the show. Eventually <gasps> You're right. Because both felicities. Yes. So Scott Foley has like the longer. Like he he's on for a while as Henry. I can remember names sometimes, and sometimes I can't. But I remember Henry, who then eventually like marries Teddy. Like I loved his character. We we you know lose him as well. But Scott Speedman was only on for one episode. But I hold that I kept thinking they were going to bring him on the show because he and Meredith had fantastic chemistry. And I'm still holding out hope that that guy comes back because he was, <laughs> he was a doctor who needed a transplant and he and Meredith spend a bunch of time together. And I forget there must've been some kind of complications or something why the great, you know, Dr. Meredith Gray was involved. Um, and they had such good chemistry. And I also am like team Ben, but they're great. Um, I'm trying to think. Who are are there other co-star or guest stars? Sorry, not co-stars. That Demi Lovato has that good. Oh, episode. Demi Lovato is great. Um, more recently, Beanie Feldstein was great. Um, Gina Davis. Oh yeah, was Gina on Davis. for like a few episodes with Amelia. I think was her. I think she was a brain surgeon. She right? was a brain surgeon who had like a brain tumor. Think, yeah, she right? had a brain tumor. Yes, yes. And then, you know, who was so good, this was a while ago, was Abby Breslin, Abigail Breslin. Oh. She played that little girl who couldn't feel pain. Yes. And everyone she, thought she was lying. And she was so good. She was great. She was so great. Yeah, that's the thing. This show, the, they like know how to write a character that can make such an impact, even if they're only in one or two episodes. Um, yeah. You know who else was in it, which I didn't notice? Uh 
until I just went back and looked at like some of my favorite yeah. guest stars last night in preparation for yes. this podcast because I do research. Um, <laughs> Leslie Odom Jr. Oh, I wait, had no recollection that? of his episode. He apparently was on when he was a patient and paid money or like donated his liver for he needed something about a, a donation to to get money for his liver. Oh. Um, but he was like a patient. I have to look back. I mean, I'm sure I know I've, there's not an episode that I haven't seen, but yeah, that it's crazy. Cause again, we're at 300, we're over 300 episodes. So it's so many people have it's come through those hospital doors. Who are your least favorite characters? I think the most annoying people for me were, well, first of all, I did not like Sadie because I thought she was trouble. Yeah. The one that Melissa George. Meredith's, yes. Yeah. Who like tries to get, who basically almost dies when she's like, take my appendix out interns. Yeah. They're like doing surgeries on themselves or what are they doing them on cadavers? And then she says, do it on me. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. She was so t- I didn't like her. Bad I thought news. she was a bad influence. Yeah. You know who I also didn't like? But this wasn't her fault. It was just like the way that she was written. She had to be a person that nobody liked, but was Penny. Penny. Because yeah. she didn't stand up for, uh, she was like part of the reason that Derek died. Yeah. I, I And she's on my list too. The The thing, it's, it's like, like you said, it's like she had to be that way and it made sense. What didn't make sense is how they made her a love interest for Callie. Yeah. I mean, I get it because it throws a wrench into like the group and she's dating this person who is culpable in like Derek's death, but they had no chemistry. For people that didn't know who Penny was. So when Derek gets in the car accident and is brought to this other hospital, Penny is one of the doctors who is consulting or responsible for his care. And she thinks that they should get an MRI or some procedure to check something and make sure- I think bleeding on the brain, maybe. Yeah, yes, probably, sure. Since he was a brain surgeon. (laughs) Yes, and the other doctor who is obviously a man and obviously superior to her is dismissive and she doesn't say anything. And then it turns out she's right. And then Meredith confronts her about it. Yeah. you knew this. Why didn't you say something? It's your fault. Yeah. That remember that was it a it's like a dinner at Meredith's yeah. house where it all comes out because everyone else doesn't realize at first until like Meredith brings it up at the Yeah, they're dinner. like, why like, are you being so rude? <laughs> yeah, because then Penny comes to work at the hospital and Meredith is such an asshole to her, and everyone's like, Why are you being so awful? And then we then they all learn and you're they're like, oh, yeah. Valid, valid, fair. Valid, valid. Yeah, that was like the no chemistry in that relationship. I'm still mad about George and Izzy. I'm still I'm still mad about that, that they made us do that for a little while too. But I guess maybe that happens. Like you think you want to date your best friend and then it doesn't work. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But I'm also like, I, she, I go in waves, but I hated her for so long is Amelia. Did we initially meet Amelia... Through private practice or through Grey's Anatomy? I think through private practice, which I did not watch in, in its entirety, which is kind of oh, weird. Oh, I did. You did? <laughs> yeah. I don't know why I didn't, which it's really off brand for me. So did you watch it from the, so you really knew Amelia. So maybe that's it too. Did you, you really were in Amelia's backstory before she kind of came to Grey's? Yes. I mean, I loved private practice because I love Audra McDonald. It's Tim yeah. Diggs, it's Tim Daly and Kate Walsh. And I think... I just watched it. I think it was on right after Grey's. So I was like, okay, why not? I think that's where you learn about like her. The reason I think that you can sort of understand the behavior is because like what she has gone through in the past. And maybe that's due to private practice backstory. Yeah. And then also I just always think back to like she and Derek like watch their dad get shot. So that's always like, like, oh, that, that trauma. Right? Trauma. Yes, like, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Cause they, then like a holdup. Yeah. So I, it's like, I, I don't want to not like Amelia cause I'm like, she has been through a lot too. And she is, she and Meredith have forged like a very good bond. How do you feel about Maggie? I love her. Yeah, I do too. She's- I really do. I think that the, the season, so I guess when does Derek die? Season 11, season 12? 11 or 12, I think. Okay. So the, the following season when they're when they flash forward a little bit and Maggie is then in the hospital, but she's like the new the new cardio surgeon. Yeah. And Meredith isn't there. I loved right. that season so much. Like I thought it was so moving to learn the story of how Meredith essentially watches her mother 
try to kill herself and saves her life as a child. Yeah. And then, you know, how that all circles back. So when she, I felt like when she came back and was like kind of in this more, not vulnerable, but like open place. Yeah. She'd already had the experience of what discovering a sister and not knowing that she existed was like, and then was able to like do it right with Maggie. Yes. Yes. And Maggie's such an interesting character and I think she's funny and weird and she's obviously like brilliant. And I love that she seems to have found happiness this year with this like great man in the midst of like a very, cause they, they, they fully address COVID on this show. Like they are dealing with it. The doctors are depressed obviously. And like, and have the emotional weight of what they have seen, um, going on. And then on top of that, Meredith is sick. I mean, she is, she has COVID and that's what she's in, in a coma. And so Maggie has found this, like, you know, they find these like rays of sunshine and this new man in her life. And I love that. And her ever evolving relationship with Weber. And I mean, I love chief Weber forever. Yep. He's, he's wonderful. Thank goodness. He's still around. Like we need, you know, and then like you said, Miranda Bailey, again, one of the, one of the best, Yeah, like Christina in the same way that you said, like really knows who she is and unapologetically wonderful and great is she's so the, the hardest, I think episodes for me to watch of hers were the ones where she remember when they, when she, unknowingly infected mm, yeah. like a couple of patients with what was that? It was, was like that, a staph like, infection or something. Yes, yeah. Like MRSA or something. Oh yeah. It was maybe? like MRSA. Yeah. 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 I think that's right. And and you thought it was Leah's fault that intern that was kind of annoying, but yeah. it ended up being Bailey. Like, and she had that whole crisis of conscience. I was like, no, because I loved her. She was like the one that had all the answers. Yes. And that you just, you felt so comfortable when she was in the room. Yeah, I was like, I want her to run my life. And if I ever need <laughs> surgery to like run the surgery, like she is Oh yeah, just- if you had to if you had to have a procedure at um Grace Sloan Memorial Hospital, who would be your doctor? Miranda and Meredith in a room together, I feel like everything's gonna be okay. Like between yeah. the two of them and they are both like general surgeons. So I guess like they, you know, but but if Miranda t- walked in, would you be like, get out? <sighs> Get that guy out of here. Um, and, oh, God, I hate him so much. He makes me so mad. <laughs> I'm just, like, so furious all the time at him. Um, like, thank you for your service, but also, like, get out of here. Um, Do you love when Amelia tells him off this season? Yes. In that episode with Teddy? That oh, was a really great that was, that was a really great scene. Talk about – see, that's when Amelia, like, pulls me in, and I'm like, yes, Amelia, yes. Um, so yeah, I think I would go with like, but like Bailey kind of taught Meredith everything she knows, but then I'm like, Meredith was gifted from, you know, she is the child of a gifted surgeon. Um, (laughs) I think the duo is the right answer. Yeah. Because I think together, what about you? Yeah. I think that's, it's definitely all the women. Yeah. I'm I'm not interested in like anybody else being in there. I mean, if certainly not like Schmidt, who it's just like, it seems lovely, but, um, I don't want him with a with a scalpel over my no, body. No, he's like your nice cousin or something. <laughs> like, he's just like, oh. I love for him to bring me some like ice chips. Yeah, and then leave. Yeah, definitely. And you know, if if I wanted like a facelift or something, I mean, I guess you know, Mark is not on this earthly plane anymore. But I really think Mark Sloan is the plastics guy that you that you would have wanted in your life, though Jackson appears to be very good as well, but he's, you know, moving on to save the world, larger projects of saving the world and making it a more equal place, which that's great. I love it. Um, I'm going to miss him though. And those eyes, those eyes of his, he's been on for such a long time. Yeah. too. He was the only one that really from that mercy West merger, the merger. He's, he's the only one that is still there. Right. Yeah. Cause everyone Cause else either- is gone and, those other two. That one girl died in the shooting. Yeah, Reed. Oh, Reed. she was Reed. She was not a great character. Not a great I, but character. I did feel bad the yeah. way she went was yeah. like bleak. And then that other guy, the one who was in the room with Bailey oh, yeah. and what Mandy his... Moore. I forget the character's name. Bailey like held his yeah. hand on the yeah. yeah. That was that I was, cried that whole I episode. I cried that whole episode too. And Meredith has the miscarriage. Like 
while they're operating on Derek. Yeah. yeah. That's a tough. I mean, I have cried so much. I it's so cathartic for me, like crying at Grey's Anatomy. Like I like crying at television shows. I like I cry at commercials. Like I literally started crying. <laughs> I mean, I'm not even kidding when I said my eyes filled with tears when you said the Christina quote about like you were he is not the son. Yeah. I love crying at this show. And I mentioned like it's it is, it's like a comfort to me. Like, I think there's something in like, you know, the way we watch shows and stuff now and in, in many ways, there's something very comforting in the rhythm of like network television and like week to week network television. And then also like the rhythm of this show in particular, even though it can still surprise us and like it, it they'll, they'll kill people, they'll, you know, but there's something comforting to me so that even when it makes me upset, I like it. Did you cry when DeLuca died? I did not. <laughs> You just said that like you were in a confessional at church. <laughs> I feel bad that I didn't. I've ne- I never latched to DeLuca. That I didn't see that one coming. Yeah, it, I didn't see it coming, but I didn't get super upset. I guess I I did get a little misty at his like memorial a little bit, like hearing the other characters like talk about him. Um, I just never really. I mean, he was a nice guy, a handsome guy. I didn't think he was right for mayor. Yeah, I didn't love that that pairing either. But there was actually this article that I read when Ellen Pompeo, I think, was interviewed like shortly after they, after Derek dies in the show. Uh And she talked about like the network pressure to add a love interest for the Meredith Grey character and how she was like on vacation in Italy and was getting these text messages or or emails about like, well, what do you think of this character? And what do you think of this character? And she was like, what? Like, just why is this so forced? And I I think that was like, so I think that really spoke to like the the real misunderstanding of what was not her misunderstanding. I mean, she really got it, but like the, the overall sort of maybe male-dominated misunderstanding of, like, what this show really is. Yeah. And sometimes I felt like to serve some characters, they felt like they had to sort of force a relationship. I'm not saying DeLuca is one of those. But, like, you know, those people can stand on their own, and she doesn't need to be with someone. Like, she doesn't need anyone. Yeah, and you can find, like, sexy things in the show, because that's always been in the DNA of the show, too, right? And that doesn't have to be Meredith. Like it, it can right. be in other places. And I love that she talked about that. I mean, she'll, she'll say what she wants to say. Like Ellen Pompeo does not like hold back. She's the greatest. She's so great. And I love that, you know, she fought for the money that she deserved and she, she says what she says and she, she has power now and she realizes that, you know, and, and she talked about, I think it's, an, it might've been a Hollywood reporter story, that cover story uh, that, that she talked about what you were just mentioning, but she also talks about, you know, fighting for her worth and how much money she has made this production company and network and over all these years. And, and it's so true. Like, what do you think? Cause I mean, say the season 18 might be our last. Yeah. What is a satisfying way for this show to end? Because I don't think it needs to be at all. I don't want it to be like Meredith riding off into the sunset with some dude. I mean, I feel like we know who the two loves of Meredith's life outside of her children, who she adores, are Derek and Christina to me. Yeah. So yeah. What, what would be satisfying for you for this show, for Meredith? I don't know that I know, but I think what I would want is like to feel like it's not ending. You're just leaving them. Right. And, and it's like going on. Because to feel like, oh, you know, it's all wrapped up perfectly and this person has – like the, the the season finales or the, sorry, sorry, the series finales that I really love the most that I think are the most moving are like of the, my three favorite in history of television have all left me or left the viewer <laughs> – me, only me um, – <laughs> left the viewer like no – knowing that this, you just caught them at a point in their life. And this is continuing like six feet under. Yeah. I love when, you know, Lauren Ambrose is, you have the Sia song in the background and you just see like sort of life, what it might look like. Yeah. And she's just riding in a car. And in the Wire series finale, um, McNulty 
also in a car, like driving back to Baltimore. And you kind of see like all of these other things sort of maybe how they would play out. I guess that's kind of the same in both of those, which is interesting. Never thought about that. Yeah. And then in the Americans, same thing. Yep. You kind of, they're also in a car. Okay. So it has to end in a car is part of it. It's in a car getting on the ferry. I don't know. Meredith's Meredith's on the ferry. Maybe she's on the ferry and you kind of see like some, some snippets of what has happened and what might happen and what might happen. And then she just like goes to work. Yeah. Like Zozo is growing up. Yeah. I think that's right. And I think that's also what has made the show so long lasting is like, it's a host at the end of the day, it's a hospital and it's an, it's a teaching hospital. Right. So they could bring in new people Mm -hmm, and like it just, and in that, in a natural way, right. There are, there's a new class of intern, you know? Yep. But yeah, like I, I would just want to think that I think you're absolutely right. Like whatever it is that like Grace Sloan just goes on and Meredith is going to keep doing surgeries and f- fighting for people and Bailey is going to take charge and and Weber is going to be steadfast and but every once in a while have his own stuff. And, you know, that that my friends are all just there in Seattle, like mm-hmm. doing what they do best. I yeah, like that. I, think that's, I feel if they if yeah. anybody wants to call us yeah. and ask our opinion. <laughs> Christopher Nuff, do you need us to say anything? Well, I think that's kind of a perfect place to to wrap up. I could talk to Grace. I mean, we will text about it a million more times. But yeah, bef- we will. It's Thursday. <laughs> it's, it's Thursday. Um, but before you go, where can like when are can we listen to the podcast? Where can we find you? All that good stuff. So I'm on Instagram at Sarah Jenks Daily, my name, my full name. And like you said in the intro, I, I get to do this really cool podcast for Late Night with Seth Meyers called Late Night Lit that we do once a month. And it focuses on literature and I get to interview wonderful authors and other people in the literary community like booksellers and agents and anyone who has something interesting to say about reading. Um, and that is available on the Late Night with Seth Meyers podcast feed. So you can sign up or subscribe there. Awesome. And you'll get that in your it's really good. feed. I guess you don't really sign up for a podcast. You just subscribe. Just subscribe. You know, same diff. But no, it's so great. And I love that. And I love that you have and, and it's it's you. And also, I mean, Seth is, is a big reader and like the it's in the DNA of the show and like the the authors that you have booked on the the show show and then also on the pod. Like it's it's great. There's just I love it's, that it's like literary cool. infusion into late night is super cool. Before I could go, I was very obsessed. I mean, the internet was, but the, the thorn birds, like, <laughs> so right before everything shut down in March, um, I went to the public library and got a bunch of books. I was like, Oh, I'm going to be home for lit. Like I didn't, I needed light stuff. So I decided to go back to like the sweeping, novels of my youth. So I got a bunch of Danielle Steele and like Eric Segal and I got the Thornbirds and I reread the Thornbirds. So then when the Thornbirds was constantly in the background of Seth <laughs> from home, I was like, yes, I just revisited like OG hot priest in his inappropriate relationship with Maggie and like the whole thing. I loved it so much. So I just love that bookish quality to the show too. It's so great. And I know that that's a lot of you too. So it's very it's, cool. It's been really nice. It's, it's great to have like a Seth and our executive producer, Mike Shoemaker have wanted that from the beginning. And it's so cool to have that support and also the response from the publishing community because people are just so excited to have literature on late night. And that is very cool that everyone is as excited as we are to do it. Yeah. It's awesome. You do great, great work. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for coming on. I adore you. It was you. so fun. I'm thrilled. I got to talk about Grey's Anatomy for over an hour with you. I mean, what could be better? It's like- Call my, me next week. I mean, anytime. We will. We'll have to get like a group text or something going. But um, yes, thank you so much. I, I adore you. adore you and and all of your um, you know as much as Meredith loves Derek that's that's where I'm at that's where I'm at <laughs> thanks so, thank this you was so fun okay I'll talk to you soon bye so thank you so much to Sarah 
for coming and talking about Grays with me. If you are listening to this on the day the episode drops, which will be Thursday, the the Grays season finale is airing tonight, which is why we we didn't talk about kind of how this particular season wraps up. So a little programming note there. But uh, I'm sure it'll be great. I might cry. You never know. Sometimes they lead us on leave us on an uplifting note. Sometimes they make me cry. So we'll see what happens. But you know, until next week, I hope that maybe you'll share the podcast with a friend. Um, check out some of the shows I mentioned at the top, and you know, just or whatever. F- watch the thing that gives you comfort. And there's a reason that sometimes we go back to things and watch them over and over again, even though we've seen them. I mean, there've been like studies coming out that it's. Uh, people with anxiety do that because that they know what's going to happen, right? And it, it eases that anxiety. Um, so whatever it is that you're that that's your show, that's your grace, that's your like Meredith and Christina, um, or tell your tell your Christina how much she's your Christina. Whatever it is, um, I hope that you'll come back next week and rate and review on Apple Podcasts and follow on Instagram. Subscribe to the newsletter at wehavenotes.substack.com. Thanks as always for listening and to everyone at Speak Studio for helping put this podcast together and I will talk to you soon. Bye.